All right, everyone, it's time for another episode of the Ice Cold Takes podcast. We have a little bit of a different episode this week for you guys. Finals week, project week, paper week, whatever the hell you want to call it. It has tried its hardest to get me to skip this week's episode, but I said, nah, I'm good. Unfortunately, however, I was unable to secure a guest for this week, so you're stuck with just me and my boring voice. Yay! Alright, anyways, let's just get into the topics. So, this week, the Rangers, since we last left, left off last week's episode with Calzone, Rangers played four games, surprisingly good record. Maybe it's not so surprising because they were already on a roll heading into this coming week. Three and one record. Two wins against Chicago on Saturday and on Tuesday, followed by a loss on Wednesday to the Abs, which was pretty embarrassing. But it wasn't so embarrassing because we had like our fourth string goalie in there. And then we just won tonight against Buffalo Friday night. And that was a uh, miraculous win, I would say. Anyways, Rangers have improved since the Edmonton-Calgary games in Canada. It's been a completely different team since that time. I'm very, very happy with the performance of all of our forward lines. Defense is doing great, aside from Patrick Nemeth. Patrick Nemeth fucking sucks. He sucks dick. He's terrible, 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 terrible. And you don't often hear me complain about a single player on the the team. Like, just single out, signal out one player. But tonight against Buffalo, with less than a minute to go, Buffalo... Pulls their goalie down 2-1, to one, right? They're threatening. Have the puck in the Rangers, off, in the Rangers zone, in, the, in their offensive zone. They get the puck into the net. But the way they got it into the net is what really bothers me. Okay, so get this. If you missed the game, I advise you to go back and watch the highlights and skip to the end where they got their goal the supposed game-tying goal. If you look at where Patrick Nemeth, number 12, on the blue shirts, wearing dark blue, yes, it's on the road, but he's wearing dark blue. If you look at where he sets himself up defensively, you will want to claw your fucking eyes out. I am not even joking. I was screaming internally about to throw the the, the box of pizza that I just ordered for dinner tonight. Like... I was about to to throw that shit across the room. This was so atrocious. Like, oh my god. He parks his ass right in front of Georgiev, right? There's no one there to cover. They throw the puck across the crease. It deflects off his glove, off of Nemitz's glove, and goes and slightly touches the twine and comes right back out, and it's ruled a goal. But then they reviewed it, and Rasmus Dahlin was about Chris Kreider's length offside, so the goal didn't count, and we caught a break miraculously somehow. But Patrick Nemeth is the equivalent to Nick Holden with Alan Vino, a third-pair defenseman playing in a one-goal game in the final minute of regulation. That's what Statboy Stevens said, and pretty sure that's the fucking ice-cold take of the week. 
maybe even the month. God damn, he is so bad. So, so bad, man. And we have him for another two years after this. And the problem is, we can't even trade him. He's got a modified no-trade clause. He could waive it to eight, uh, eight teams. This is terrible. Never mind all the salary cap trouble we're going to have. Uh, trying to retain Strom, Kako, Gauthier, Blay, all those guys. We're not going to be able to do it because we have this scrub on our team. Can we, like, buy out his contract? I wonder what that would look like. My gosh, this has been a disaster. I thought this guy was going to be good. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You know, all that joking that we did weeks ago at the start of the season for Jacob Truba, we should be doing it to Patrick Nemeth. You know, Ava, if she ever listens to this, the biggest Truba stan is uh, a firm believer that bullying works. If you look at Truba now compared to the beginning of the season, and if you look at Georgiev as of right now compared to the beginning of the season, you will notice that they are playing completely different. So, so much better. And I think Georgiev plays way better when he knows he's going to be the starter for an extended period of time. So right now, Shesterkin is out with injury, with an injury. He just came back onto the ice for practice. They haven't activated him off IR yet, but Georgiev still has a little bit of time to, you know, get some games in. But he's just, I don't know, maybe something in his head is clicking that, you know, I'm the starter. I got to fucking play these games. I got to, I got to prove something to these coaches. Well, no matter what he does, there's no way that he's taking Shesterkin's job. Shesterkin has earned the number one job 100%. I'm not saying Georgiev's a bad goalie because when he's the starter, like when he knows he's a starter, he's really good. And that's why I think they should have traded him when his value was high. A team could have used that, and he still could have been a good goalie. He could have be, been of value to a, a team. Right? And then Truba, on the other hand, he's playing out of his mind right now. He's got he's scoring goals, getting points. He's throwing these massive body checks. Unbelievable. Like he knocked out Jujar Kara of the Blackhawks. This was scary on on uh Tuesday. Very scary. The whole the whole building was silent. Fortunately, Kara looks like he's okay. He went to the hospital, he came out of the hospital. He's he's fine. Don't know how much time he's gonna be missing, but thank God he's okay. You never want to see something like that, but I mean like when you're when you're when you're Truba and you lay a hit like that, you're not doing that on purpose. You know that. If you know Truba as a person, you know he's not doing that on purpose. That's not the kind of guy he is. There's other dirty players in the league. <clears throat> Tom Wilson, <clears throat> Brad Marchand, that pull that kind of shit. And you know Truba's not one of those guys. He's a nice guy. He plays the game the men- the way it's supposed to be played. It's a hard. It's, he plays it hard. Throws mean body checks. If you don't like it, tough luck. That's how the game of hockey is supposed to be played. There is nothing you can do, nothing, absolutely nothing you can do to stop a hit like that from happening. When the player has his head down, not looking at the play, 
and a defenseman steps on you, up on you like that, you're done. That's it. Lights out. Goo goo gaga. There's nothing you can do. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I could say, I could tell you to put your head up, but I mean, are you going to remember that every single time you have the puck? It's just, it's like, it's situational, circumstantial, I would say. It happens. It's always happened. This is the game of hockey. There's no stopping the game of hockey from happening. You cannot stop something like that from happening. You could take out the, the blindside elbows, on the other hand. Those are cheap and dirty. I'm looking at you, Matt Cook. Those hits are cheap and dirty and have no place in the league. But a hit, an open ice hit, where a player is looking down that's clean, mostly to the chest, that's an acceptable body check. And I don't want to hear... Any of the people that are on Twitter that, you know, say, oh my God, Truba's a dirty player. He deserves to be kicked out of the league for this bullshit that he pulled. He just killed Nathan McKinnon. He's he's dead on the ice. Like, no, shut the fuck up. Like, Nathan McKinnon is fine. He's literally the healthiest person alive. Um, That has nothing to do with the fact that he got laid out by Truba. I'm just saying. He came back into the game. This was the second hit against the Avs on uh, Wednesday. Trouba lays out McKinnon in the second period. Absolutely crushed him in open ice. Oh, my God. McKinnon had his head down, too. It was not a, a cheap, dirty hit. A cheap, dirty hit was the one Malkin or whoever that guy on the Penguins did on, on step-on. Or the, the hit Brandon Pruss put on step-on years ago in the playoffs. Those were cheap, dirty hits. Trouba's was not. And I think people need to realize that they have this people have this obsession with their with their teams that like, you know, they can do no wrong, that anytime something bad happens to them, it's always somebody else's fault. No, it happened. I'm not even saying it's it's McKinnon's fault. I'm not saying it's Truba's fault either. I'm saying that shit like this happens in hockey, and you need to learn to accept it for what it is. You cannot stop a hit like that from occurring. When a player has his head down like that, it's going to happen. It's the it's the dirty hits, the slew foots, those hits that need to be reprimanded. And the NHL has done an awful job at reprimanding shit like that. The crap Tom Wilson pulled, we've, already t- we've talked about this plenty of times. You've heard any, you could talk to any Rangers fan. That's a bannable offense. That's like, you know, I'm arguing because of Wilson's history. That's like, I would argue, minimum half a season suspension for what he did to Panarin. Basically assaulted the guy on the ice. The stuff like that has no place in, in the game. But an open ice hit where the opposing player's head is down and the defender just steps up and hits you like that, it's going to happen. You know, you can't stop something like that. All right, so moving on, let's address the other elephant in the room. No, not the one I'm talking about. I just talked about. I'm talking about the Larry Brooks article about getting Patrick Kane on the Rangers and trading Capo Caco and Lafreniere and probably 15 first-round picks. Okay, maybe not 15 first-round picks, but he did say Caco and Lafreniere. He mentioned that in his article. I didn't read it, but people were making memes about that crap, and it was pretty hard to to uh, miss I think Patrick Kane would be a great acquisition for the Rangers I know he's 32 right now he's got two years left on his deal ridiculous salary how are we gonna afford it 
get them to retain 50% of the salary and then like overload them with with crap like okay i'll give you crab solve and take all of my defensive prospects we're not going to need them right now we we really don't we're we're set up there we have fox and lindgren one and two truba and miller they look great and then the other goof nemeth we'll throw him in there <laughs> um but uh lundquist looks good yeah i think i think you keep like Zach Jones, one of Zach Jones, Braden Schneider, Matthew Robertson, Reunion, and one of those guys. You keep one of those guys, but then the rest you gotta ship off. I think this would be great for the Rangers. Just imagine a line of Panarin, Strom, and Kane. Oh my God, that's filthy. That's filthy. Come on, man. Your top six. Your top six would be would be Kreider's advantage at Kako. Panarin, Strom, and Patrick Kane. Oh my god, that's scary. Just imagine the power play, man. Oh my god, I'm foaming at the mouth here, bro. Like, that's that's sick. That's sick. The, the, the biggest problem is how is the salary going to work, though? Um, realistically, I don't see this trade happening. Although it is a fun uh, thing to think about, um... I know a lot of pe- you people, you guys uh, don't appreciate Patrick Kane as a person, and I understand that. I do. I really do. Uh, he's not the greatest person. I'll admit that for sure, but he's a damn good hockey player. You have to admit, he's a great hockey player, one of the greatest American hockey players of all time, one of the best players ever, one of my favorite players. So I'm willing to let him as a person slide if he's able to play hockey for a year and a half with the Rangers, you know, just with Panarin, Strom, Kane. You don't need to support him as a person. Just support him as a hockey player. That's all I'm, I'm saying, you know. Um, but, yeah, I think in terms of deadline acquisitions, Kane is a little too unrealistic. A guy like Kessel or even Claude Drew, which I've been seeing popping up in uh, Rangers fans' uh, tweets, everyone seems to want to go after Claude Drew, which I think would be also fantastic, but that one's also unrealistic because the Flyers are in our division, and what would you realistically want to give up to the, for the Flyers? Honestly, I would go for a half-eaten ham sandwich in exchange for 20 games of Claude Drew. <laughs> I don't want to give them anything. I love Drew. I think he's a great player. Uh, apparently, his analytics are incredible, like impeccable. All blues, dark blues. That's great. He's great at faceoffs. That's all I need to say. He's great at faceoffs. He has this one move where he uses a skate to to uh, kick the the puck back. He ties up the skate the the opposing faceoff person with his uh, body and then kicks it back with his skate. It's uh, incredible. He he's one of the the best players. He he was on the cover of NHL 13. I can't say enough good things about this guy. He's a great player. Claude Drew is a great player. He's a captain of the Flyers. He's got leadership experience. Great player. I mean, what what would you want to trade for that? I mean, uh, again, division rival. You want to don't. If they get David Quinn, though, trade them all your prospects or whatever because, you know, he's gonna he's just going to make them dump and chase the puck, as we've so often joked on Rangers Twitter. 
But yeah, I I think uh, I think Drew would be an awesome acquisition, although a little unrealistic. There's also the idea of trading for Phil Kessel, and a lot of people don't seem to agree with that because he's older and he's not as good as he used to be. I could accept that reasoning. But you know what? We'll talk more about this next week on the podcast when we have Fitz. Yeah, Fitz from Twitter. He's going to be our special guest next week. He was supposed to be our special guest this week, but we pushed it to next week. So you have that to look forward to, guys. Anyways, this is a very short podcast episode. If you have any suggestions or want to leave feedback for this style of episode, if you liked it, didn't like it, let me know. Just uh, mention at Ice Cold Takes Pod on Twitter. You message me on uh, Instagram, Boys in Blue ninety four. Uh, but yeah, three and one record for the Rangers. Let's keep it up, baby. Let's go Rangers. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Stay tuned for more New York Rangers info by visiting boysinblue94.com and our Instagram at theboysinblue94. See you all next time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.